Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to Best Ever You. Glad you're here with us. I've got Dr. Dane here with me. His microphone is live with mine. Hello, Dr. Dane. How are you? Hello, Elizabeth. I'm great. How about you? <laughs> Good. Thank you. I feel like we I'm should, live. We should. You're live. <laughs> I feel like we should have like a call in like, and now you can call in and ask questions to Dr. Dane. What would you like to know? <laughs> you guys can do that if you want. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll actually put your microphone live so you can ask him a question, but do dial in if you want to listen. <laughs> if you no, really, you if you do want to ask a question or something like that, just call um, 646-787-8537 and press one. But do me a favor if you can and tweet me or tweet Dr. Dane. What's your Twitter? handle and do you it see it? It is D-R underscore D-A-I-N-H-E-E-R. Okay. So tweet us if you want to ask us something close into maybe what you want to ask. I usually mute that function because of some of the stuff I've been asked before on the radio. <laughs> you don't know what's coming you. when you... <laughs> so <laughs> keep it clean, people. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, we're here to keep this real. Um, I just saw one of your, your one of your videos um, earlier this morning on your website, which is returnofthegentleman.com, and I love how you were promoting your book, Return of the Gentleman. It, um, you know, just real and you, and excited about the book to come out and all this stuff. Do you want to start there and t- tell us about your book? Sure. Tell it's, us about uh, you. Anything. You know, uh, I'll tell you anything, ask anything you want. I'm kind of an open book. Aha! No, that was a really bad <laughs> joke. Anyway, um, cheesy humor aside, uh, this book is interesting because I've written several other books, and this one, um, you know, most of them on the subject of being you and how that creates a change in your life, but also the people around you. And so I had a 23-year-old friend who'd been to a lot of the classes that I've delivered around the world, and we were friends and he said, I just want to say thank you. And I was like, for what? He said, he said, I don't know if you know this, but for the past several years, I have been searching how to be a man and this guy can find anything on the internet. Okay. He's a millennial of magnitude. And he said, and the only thing I could find out there was, you know, uh, strategies for getting women in bed or how to pretend to be something you're not. So people will like you. And I was like, wow. And he said, you know, hanging around with you, I've seen this totally different possibilities. Like you just are who you are. He's like, you don't cut off any part of you to be around anybody. And it's really inspired me to know that I can be that way too. And I was like, wow. You know, if you've ever had somebody thank you for something where you're, you're like, really, I I was just being myself. Thank you. You know? And (laughs) so, you know, and he said, no, he's like, really, I've talked to, you know, a lot of the other guys that are in access consciousness and, you know, we've all realized thanks to thanks to the way that you guys are cuz Gary Douglas my business partner founded it 30 years ago and he said we've all had similar conversations i was like wow and so i talked to some of the other guys and i was like so you know tell me what this is for you he's like yeah i 
never found anything that told me that being me was actually the valuable product. And I'm starting to be more of a gentleman. I'm, I'm being different with the ladies and the men in my life. I'm being different with my friends. And I was like, wow. And I realized we needed to have a different conversation. And so this conversation about return of the gentleman is it's addressing things from a different perspective than, than most people are currently talking about in that it's about you can actually be everything you are. And the conversation is, is open to women also. You know, it's not a male exclusive club kind of thing. And, you know, ladies who've read the book have sent me emails saying, thank you so much because I didn't realize what men are going through today. I've only been looking from my side. This really opened my eyes. And I've also had women who, who gave it to their husbands or their boyfriends, and they read it, and they said, thank you so much. I now have the man back that I married who somewhere disappeared over the years, and he's actually it, – it's so much fun to be around him again. Hmm. You know, I, I, I'm i the mom of four boys. I don't know if you know that or not. but um, Wow. I'm, I, I am. So I, I – they're 17, 19, 21, and 23, and I've been married for over 20 years. And so having you on my show today or our show, because you're here and with me and it's ours and everybody listening, it's really our show, matters a lot, actually, because it's what you've, you know, what you've written, you know, speaks to our household well. Well, can I just say with four boys and being married 20 years, you're not a mom, you're some kind of saint. (laughs) We should, we should have, you know. I don't know about that. That is However, wonderful. Yeah, you know, it's it's so much fun. But I, you know, I there's no but, but it's, it's so much fun. And I agree with you that it's, you know, there's lots of different paths you can take as any, you know, as male or female, really. Truly. So a guy book is kind of nice. Well, and when it's also about, it's not, you know, this sort of esoteric, airy-fairy conversation, you know, it's, it's a really practical conversation that, that, that also starts to, part of what it does, it explores the points of view that you bought about what being a man is, and then also gives you these tools so that you can get to what it can actually be for you. And this um, mom who gave it to her 17-year-old boy, she was like, she's like, oh my goodness, she's like, this kid, when he was when he was like six, seven, eight, up until up until something like second grade, she said he was such a gentleman, and he got so much crap for it in school. And girls were mean to him, and he was such a sweet kid. And she said he just kind of closed off and was sort of separate from the world. She's like, he read your book, and she had tears in her eyes, and I started crying. She's like, he's him again. He's the kid I knew him as as six years old. That was like this shining light that was kind to everybody and himself. I was like, wow. You know, so we have these different choices available. It's just we need to have people who are willing to have a vulnerable enough conversation to open the doors so that we can get there ourselves. Well, I want to go there with you for a minute. I I, I really want to know about your life. And, uh, you know, it could take more than 45 minutes, I'm going to guess. But I'm gonna we're going to pry a little bit, <laughs> if you don't mind, <laughs> you know, of like how you got to, to be who you are, writing this book, what's happened to you, what are some personal stories, you know, all, all those good, you know, details out there that, you know, make, make people love you so much. Because, you know, you're the co-founder of Access Consciousness. And Gary Douglas, I think, is coming on Thursday onto the show. Um, so it's quite a week here at Best Every Year. We've got two two of the greats. Oh, that's I'm so glad he's coming on. That is wonderful. 
Um, you know, it's like, like I said, feel free to ask me anything. And if I start rambling, let me know. I'm really good at that, along with ADHD and OCD. Um, you know, <laughs> um, so if oh, I good. complete one sentence, I'm very proud of myself. Um, but the chicken runs me, by, we're like, tr- both in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like two ADHD people tried to walk into a bar. Um, but they forgot where they what were going. What were you saying again? Yeah, no. Keep going. <laughs> Actually, sorry, where Hilarious. am I? What? Huh? Yeah. Go, go um, back to kindergarten and start there. I want to know who you were in yeah. kindergarten even. I got it. I'm, well, I'm know, glad to know who you, you were know, in kindergarten. It's interesting because I, it was, I had a very interesting upbringing in that I had, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like one and my mom had so little money that we couldn't find any place to live. We stayed uh, we stayed with an uncle until we got kicked out of there. And then the only place my mom could find to live was literally in the middle of the ghetto. And my mom happens to be gay. And we were living with um, a girlfriend of hers. So, you know, there was no male person there except the boy who was two years older. And in that house, uh, I experienced physical abuse. I experienced emotional abuse. I experienced sexual abuse. And I experienced the very interesting uh racism dynamic it was like I was the only white kid for eight square miles and so it gave me this unique perspective though because as kids like we didn't nobody talked to me about being white and the first time I got beaten up for being white when I was when I was like eight years old and what I look back on and realize with that is little kids don't know how to judge they don't care what color you are They they don't care anything until they're taught how to judge you know before that they're just like hi who are you you know and yeah. so I had a lot of that and I had good friends, but I was also, there was, there was a lot of, um, I don't even know how to say it. If, if anybody's ever lived in an abusive household, you know, you know how that works. And my mom was not abusing me. My mom is just a sweet, she, she deserves a sainthood also. Um, <laughs> and, but yet this was going on. And at the same time I had my other family that actually had, uh, had money and but they wouldn't help us out at all to get us out of the situation just because they were wired very strangely and so i had these weird dynamics growing up with that but also sexually um and identity wise you know uh <laughs> you know single mom my mom is gay she likes women my dad is a, a womanizer of magnitude he likes women but in a different way or maybe a similar oh, way, but different way um yeah. you know and so there was all this just weird stuff and so fast forward to uh, 19 years ago, I become a chiropractor. And the only reason I became a chiropractor was because I wanted to create miracles in people's lives. And I saw it as, as one of the venues that I could do that because I wanted to see people happy and healed. And, you know, I, my six-year-old point of view of, I just want to be happy and I want to see people happy and that's what I want to do. So I go off into this yeah. chiropractic world. Um, I start a relationship because I was very committed to having the perfect relationship. And what I didn't realize was that commitment to the perfect relationship, whenever I decided somebody was perfect, I would get into a relationship with them, lose myself completely, and then wonder where I had gone. And in order to get me back, I had to leave the relationship, which was the case 19 years ago. So I literally got to the place where I was going to end my life because I wasn't seeing the miracles I wanted to create in people's lives in practice. My girlfriend didn't like me, um, but we were still together and living together. And she really didn't like me or didn't like men. Um, and I got to a place where I'm like, uh, I've been depressed for the better part of three years. I'm going to end my life if things don't change. And I saw an ad for access consciousness bars. And it's this light touch technique that's done on the head. And I had done all kinds of weird stuff growing up in California. 
And so I was like, what do I have to lose? I've done weird stuff. And I literally lay down for the session in my chiropractic office. This lady puts her hands on my head and I feel this rush of energy go through my body that was like the lightness and joy. And I was like, whoa, I remember that. I haven't had that in a long time. And I start giggling like a little kid. And I'm like, hee, hee. <laughs> and she moves her hands to these different places. And I giggle and giggle and giggle for an hour and 15 minutes while she's doing this. And I remember going into that session depressed and literally suicidal. Like I literally had planned the date where I was going to leave the planet if things didn't change. And I left with a sense of gratitude for being alive, a sense of peace, a sense of joy. And I remember, I'll never forget looking up at the sky going, wow, has it always been this beautiful here? And it talk about it being a turning point in my life. And what she did was she started giving me tools that I could use in the trenches of life, you know, in the everyday situations where things aren't going your way or where you start to get frustrated. And I started using those tools. I got one tool a week and I would use it the follow until the following week when we got together and had another session. And my life started getting lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. And come to find out it was her stepdad that was the one that created this stuff called Access Consciousness. And right. so within a couple of months, I was actually, we were working together. You know, we were, we were, we would literally sit for hours and have conversations and pick apart the way people limit themselves and then come up with a tool to change it. And that's been an ongoing process. Access changes all the time. It's been an ongoing process for the last 19 years with both Gary and I, but also everybody who comes to Access, because every single one of us has a secret that we know, our piece of information that will contribute something to people. It's just nobody ever asks us the question that allows us to expose it. So we do this in our classes so fast forward 19 years later, it's like I've been co-creating this along with Gary and uh, amazing people around the world and um, seeing, seeing the miracles I always wanted to create showing up in an even greater way than I ever thought they could be. And, you know, my, my question every day is, how did I get so lucky to be alive? That's a, that's a roundabout, isn't it, from that moment? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, so. Okay, so we have a lot of listeners who might feel like you did in that moment where you're like, okay, I don't want to be here or, you know, whatever it is. They just feel like crap today or yesterday or, you know, they know they're going to feel like crap tomorrow even. So what did it take for you to get to the point of being um, uh, being able to talk on the radio or talk anywhere for that matter about what's happened to you? What did it take for you to not hide that? Have you always been that way? Or were you, were you like, oh, I don't want to tell anybody this happened to me or this is where I came from or da-da-da-da-da, you know, as you're teaching people? Um, because I think so many people, especially with social media, and again, opinion and generalization kind of coming at you a little bit, but I think so many people try and sort of sometimes hide their pain or gloss it over or show the good all the time in social media when there's crap happening in the background, you know, all those things that people do to not bring their pain to the surface and deal with it, even band-aiding. Yeah. Well, so a few, I, boy, do I have sentence, some comments sorry. on that. Yeah, <laughs> go. I'm going to be quiet again. <laughs> but, well, so, so one of the things with, with social media is that's what people do. You know, they want to put their best face forward or their fake face forward. So everybody looks at them as a valuable product the difficulty is when somebody has to do that, their sense of connection with themselves and what's actually true for them, their authentic self, you know, as we might say, um, and I would say it's your, your being, the being you actually are, is it's so disconnected. But we live in a world where people are more disconnected. 
than they've ever been before. You know, we, we don't talk to people anymore. We, we text them. I mean, you know, you see teenagers texting each other across a table. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> yes, I am. You know, and, and so, but also if you look at that, the thing about, the thing about not being able to put that forward is that there's not a lot of response that you will get that is contributory. And so, you know, it, it, it's sort of a double-edged sword because if you put out, oh, yeah, you know what, having a really bad day, there's not a lot that people can give you that might contribute to changing it except their points of view and except their judgments. Some people might be able to go, hey, you know what, just want you to know you're amazing anyway, which is really what we require, um, and then actually be there for us energetically. But so we have this double-edged sword. See, for me, I've always been – well, actually, it's not true. When I was in that place where I was so depressed I wanted to kill myself, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't see anybody who could help me change it, and so I kept it to myself. And I knew that if I told my family, they would just go crazy, and you know, there wouldn't be any contribution there as much as they might want to contribute. They just didn't have the tools. But after I got over that and I, and I had this Access Consciousness Bars session and I started using these tools – I wanted to friggin' let everybody know, you know, here's where I was and here's just part of what's possible because I'm just getting started on what's possible. 19 years later, I still feel like I'm just getting started on what's possible. But so for me, talking about it is for me part of the gift of the life experience that I've had that is similar in so many ways to what so many people have had, but also different. You know, it's my own unique thing, too. But being able to to bring that up, I think when when somebody feels like they're all alone, they're suffering with anything that they feel they're all alone with, being able to give voice to it and let them know, hey, I had something, you know, I had my own thing, I had it, and it's very similar. And guess what? You're not alone. And there are ways of changing it. And that's the message I keep trying to give to people. There are ways of changing this, and they're so much easier than you ever thought it could be if you'll do the work. Yeah, nobody can do your their your work for you, can they? That's one no, of my exactly. favorite sayings. Action and action. <laughs> and action. action. Yeah. And um, for me, one yeah. of the one of the things that I love about access that I'm so grateful for is the return on investment for time spent is off the charts. In other words, you know, before that, I'm I'm one of those people that's a seeker, and I would imagine most of the people listening to your show are seekers, you know, looking for something different always knowing or at least hoping there's something else possible and oftentimes knowing there's something else possible. There has to be. And so I would do these weekend workshops. I'd feel great for three days. And then it felt like the universe caved into my head and, you know, swirling the purple light of St. Germain from my feet, you know, through my, through my root and out my crown didn't help me very much in those moments, you know? So I had all these useless tools that people had given me that didn't change anything in the moment. The thing about access is, it's tools to change things in the moment, tools that actually work in this bizarre reality we live in to give you the clarity you need because what's true for you always makes you feel lighter. A lie will always make you feel heavier. And most of us are heavy because we're, we don't have the tools to get to what's actually true for us and live it. Tell me about the moment from like being, you know, beat up as an eight year old or whatever else happened to you, you know, in, in your youth to the point of, um, being a chiropractor, I, I'd love to know what that journey is like because that's got to be some serious self-confidence involved. Because I, you know, well, I grew up in Iowa. I grew up around all the Palmer College guys in uh-huh. uh, Iowa. I'm from Dav- I'm from Davenport, Iowa. I was raised in Iowa, so I know the chiropractic world well. 
Yeah, which is and not you know, from the guy's just, point of view either. I just said that right. I got to clarify there. Hang on, <laughs> my parents. <laughs> hold on, <laughs> clarification <laughs> moment. Yeah, that could be interpreted I guess, wrong. I guess there I were a that. couple of. Yeah. There were a couple of ways that well, conversation could have been taken. Yeah. Could have been taken. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'm gonna stop that. My parents owned the chain of video stores in Iowa and Illinois called the movie stores. And a lot of those guys came in and rented movies from us. That was it. I was a kid. I mean I was a teenager. But I, I'm just super familiar with that college being yeah. in Davenport, Iowa. That's well, what I was trying to say. The one the one thing about that college in that area, you know, chiropractic in in that age when it started, but also, you know, it, it's like there was there was still a belief that you could create miracles with people, or what what the world around us calls miracles. That, you know, my point of view of a miracle is it's it's like when somebody has a certain level of consciousness and something occurs, and they go, oh my god, it's a miracle. Somebody with a higher level of consciousness or a consciousness that's bigger than that in that area looks at it and goes, no, it's just the application of consciousness here, you know? And right. so I don't know why I said that. That was part of my ADHD. Anyway. All good. <laughs> um, so and making when, sense. So, okay, cool. Glad to hear it. it. Yeah, two ADHD people are the only two that can follow each other in their conversation. I know how that one goes. Um, so eight years old, I – by the time I was, I don't know, nine or 10, I'd created this situation that made my mom get me out of the ghetto. And what had happened was we were having a barbecue and I had, you know, been abused for the last time. I was like, I am done with this. I'm not living here anymore. And so I swallowed this piece of gristle and started choking. And my mom had these long nails. Anyway, they were pounding me on the back and, and it was going down further. And finally, one of the ladies said to my mom, and, and I was sitting there, and I still remember, it's such a weird thing to have this awareness, but I still remember looking in her eyes, and I'm like, you either get me out of here, or I'm dying now. And it was a very interesting awareness to have as a kid that I was creating a situation where she had to choose, because she was not choosing, she, we would have stayed there forever. And so she, and then finally somebody said, she had really long nails, and finally somebody said, hey, pull the gristle, stick your fingers down his throat and pull it out. And she did. And, you know, I was dizzy and I came to, I lived, I'm still here, but it was this, it was this turning point. And within about three months, my mom found us a house someplace else. She got a different job and she actually started making money. I mean, it, it was this, it was this turnaround in her life and mine also. Um, and the, the sort of horrendous feeling I felt every day of my life started dissipating, which was really wonderful. Um, and then I got to, you know, I, I ended up moving, living with my mom. I, I then also spent time with my dad and my stepmother. Um, and my stepmother mm -hmm. was the typical stepmother, like Cinderella stepmother. Awesome. Not awesome at all. Um, and she and she delivered her own form of invalidation and abuse continuously. But through it all, I was always just like, it doesn't have to be this way. I was like, why can't you like why can't you love me why won't you let me love you I just I never understood it like yeah. no matter how much abuse that I experienced it's like I still never understood it and I also didn't hold it against people and I I also never learned to hate somehow which I have no idea how but I, I was on my that, question that, list <laughs> oh yeah that's good yeah no that's the question yeah because you know when you're backed into a corner you know people doing all that you know there's a couple different ways to deal with it you can come out punching or come out peaceful and it sounds like you took the right road well I definitely took the right road for me but I will say what I did with it and I see a lot of people doing this is is 
it's almost like anything that wasn't anything that wasn't a kindness like if i wanted to yell to stop something or whatever it's like i wouldn't you know i, I had manners from the time i was a very little boy and but what i would do is i'd like compress it around myself so i would use it against me a lot of times and so that's like that thing i was saying in relationship you know where where i would have a relationship and what i would do is i would basically you know i'm the best relationship person on the planet i'll just cut off my arms and legs and do whatever you want which is where i was functioning for a lot of the time and it was when I started Access that I started getting a sense that there was something else possible that I'd never considered. And and I thought that in order to actually have access to me, I would have to, you know, I would have to somehow have some transformation that involved anger and rage, fury and hate and all this sort of stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was more like, no, this is, here's more of what's true for you. But so if we go back to the, you know, grew up, lived in Orange County, went to high school, um, was happy, unhappy, happy, unhappy. I was a really good student because um, school was easy for me and, and all that sort of thing. And fast forward to going to college where I'm like, I don't care. I know I need to go to college because everybody says I'm supposed to. So I went to college, did business economics, um, went to UC Santa Barbara and had no particular direction, became a personal trainer. And it was that while I was um, right after college, I was a personal trainer because I had no idea what the heck else I wanted to do. And I saw this chiropractor who came in to do spinal screenings, started seeing him as a patient. And I went into his office one day and he had this, uh, this book for something called, it was this technique where you would mu- test muscles and correlate it with organs and emotions and then use supplements and use different things to change. And they had protocols for changing Everything from Alzheimer's to diabetes to depression to herpes to HIV, I was like, to HIV. And I was like, wow, as soon as I saw that book, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Because in this book was all these possibilities for changing things for people. And within a year, two years, I was in chiropractic school. And I was always the weirdo. I was always doing muscle testing and trying nutrition and trying to change things energetically because I always knew there had to be more possible. And so I became a network chiropractor and just wish I was able to create the miracles and I never saw them being created. And so now I see miracles, like I said, that are greater than what I ever thought was possible. And I I just want to keep telling people, I'm like, guys, it's possible. Whatever it is that's going on, we can probably change it. We probably have a tool for that because we've looked at a lot of things. You know, we can change this stuff. Can you give me an example of what, one of those tools might be so people could visualize. I know it's kind of hard because we're on the radio um, versus sitting there, you know, together in a room going, okay, here's this or here's that. But can you, can you give somebody listening some idea of what you mean by that? Oh, we could, we could have a show for hours just giving tools. Absolutely. So, (laughs) So one of, one of the things is the, one of, and this is one of the things that helped me heal myself of depression and suicidal thoughts when I had it was the idea that 90, one of the things I learned from access was 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, 98% of those weird energies, 98% of the stuff that goes on in your monkey mind, 98% of your depression is stuff you're picking up energetically from the world around you and the people in it. And so if you ask, and this is a tool we give people in our classes, if you ask, who does this belong to? To any thought, feeling, emotion, any weird, twisted energy or whatever that you have, you go, who does this belong to? And I like to do it three times. Who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? And if it lightens up at all, it's not yours. 
And all you do is return it to sender. You don't even have to know who the sender is because most of the time it's not somebody you know. Like Elizabeth, have you ever walked? Have you ever walked into a room or spent time with somebody who's sad? Yeah. Yep. You ever notice you start to get more sad? Like that starts to become the a more present energy. Yes, yeah, one of the reasons why I say surround yourself with love. Yes, exactly. Not that sad isn't love, you. but it, you know, I've, I I know personally, I pick up stuff instantly from people, so I have to be super yeah. careful who I hang around. Well, I absorb. This, and I, you know, I understand that one personally also. And so this is, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, all of us have been with somebody who's sad or somebody who's angry and we start to gravitate toward that. Or if you've ever been really happy and walked into a room where some tragedy happened, like as soon as you walk into the room or right before you get there, you're like, what is wrong? You know, and then you find out what's going on for people. That's because we're picking up on the energy of it. We're so psychically aware, if you will, whatever you want to call it, but it's just awareness. And so we've been picking up things from people energetically about the world our entire lives, and nobody's ever told us. And certainly nobody's ever said, hey, by the way, uh, is that actually yours? And so if you ask, who does this belong to, when you have, like I said, a thought, a feeling, an emotion, or one of those weird heavy energies, or anger, or fear, or sadness, if it lightens up at all, even a tiny bit, it's because you're picking it up from somebody else, not yours. So what you do is you go, okay, return to sender with consciousness attached. And then if it comes back later, and usually that will lighten it up and you get lighter, which is really cool. If it comes back later, then you realize, oh, I bought this as mine. I've I've been around this energy so many times that somehow I think it is me now. So if it comes back later, you go, okay, so everything I did to buy this as mine, I now let that go. And whatever tools you have for releasing that, we have this clearing statement in Access that works brilliantly, but probably beyond the scope of today's conversation. Um, And so what you're doing is you're acknowledging, hey, this isn't mine. I took it on as mine a long time ago. I'm not having it anymore. And our choice creates. And we need to get that our choice to change it is what starts it changing, even if we don't know what tool to use to do it. When um, when people are listening to this show and they just got that bit of information and they and they want a little bit more or want to be involved with you, do you want people to buy your book? Do you want people to call you? Do you want people to take a class from you? What what's what kinds of interactions can people um, learn from you know get from you and learn how can people learn from you best? Yeah, the answer is yes, all except for that call thing. I already have way too many of those on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> But so a couple of resources, you know, my website, um, which is drdanehere.com, on that website, there are a lot of free resources. And I also have a YouTube channel with over 300 videos that are just different tools that I share. It's called the Tour of Consciousness. Um, And one called Seven Things the Universe Would Tell You. And, And it's so for me, it's like I've always wanted to pay this work forward. You know, a lot of people do what they do, and there's always some monetary component or motivation to it. For me, I love money. It's wonderful. But I'm doing this to contribute to people being able to have the choices I wish I would have had before I came across this body of work and started contributing to creating it. So um, there's that. There's, you know, the Return of the Gentleman book on this particular subject. There's another book that I wrote called Being You, Changing the World, and if you know, and there's an audiobook version of that. And, you know, if you're interested in getting a concise way of, of getting all kinds of tools and inspiration in one place, that's that's a really cool 
a really cool place to go. But also, you know, I've got tons of online trainings. I, I'm really fortunate I get to travel around the world delivering classes. It really, really, so if we go with this idea of what's true makes you lighter, like look at any of those things and see if any of it makes you lighter. And if it doesn't, then this is probably not the thing for you. Find something that does work, you know. But if any of it does make you lighter, go, oh, that, and just check it out and then see what might be there for you because a lot of us live our lives sort of we don't really want to engage so much anymore because there's so much that people try to get us to be involved with. So just see what makes you feel lighter. Go there, check it out. You can go to my website and the, you know, the stuff about the books is there. The true consciousness links are there. Um, you know, TV interviews, just all kinds of stuff is there. And, and then see where you want to engage because everybody's different. Yeah, I intentionally didn't watch too much stuff. I'm I'm fairly familiar with a, a lot of your things and have watched, you know, quite a few, but I didn't go too much into everything because I wanted to talk to you first because I haven't really I haven't ever talked to you before in my life. And so now that I know you and can hear your voice and and so forth, it'll make really listening to you and um reading your books more fun because I'll you know, I'll be able to, you know, get a better feel for your voice and how you speak and your jokes and you're funny and you know, all that stuff that um, makes the things go in my brain a little bit better. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a question about the people who are naysayers about self-help or personal development and so forth. There are a lot of people who go, Oh, it's too woo woo. And they're too busy to stop and, you know, think like this. Uh, I get it a lot. Even sometimes in my own family, people are like, I don't get what you're doing. Why'd you quit that job to do this? You know, it's been 11 years now. Aren't you going to go back to work? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it from my, know, from my own family I know family how that sometimes. goes, yes. <laughs> um, So address that a little bit because I think it's so important. I've got my own view on it, but tell me what, you're, yeah. what you think. Because there's a lot of people who just motion, well, motion, motion all the time and don't stop. Yes. And well, so let me just share two interesting points of view that I have. Um, One of those is when I have naysayers in that, I'm like, cool. Um, Thank you for your naysaying. And it's not going to make (laughs) me stop even for a moment. You know, I used to spend my entire life trying to fix, fix, uh, no, you know, no stick point of no stuck point of view there. I used to try to fix people like that or, and you know, which is like, how, why, why is it my choice how they live their life? You know? So (laughs) there's this place where we want people to feel better. We want them to be happier. We want them to have access to the tools, but we have to realize, you know, the tools that have helped us, but we need to realize that their life is up to them. And if they're going to be a naysayer, like stop talking, go in the other direction. You're far better putting off your energy and the people that actually want what you are delivering and what you can contribute and no longer invalidating you for the people that don't have any desire. And along that line, when Gary and I first started working together, um, we were on this plane and we saw these two people get on the plane and they were these two ladies and they were sitting in front of us. And the one lady goes to sit down and, and she's like, damn Mabel she's like they are making these damn airplane seats smaller and smaller every time we get on the plane and I was looking at her going sweetie have you not considered the fact that your butt is getting bigger and bigger every time you get on the plane you know and I mean these women were classic they were they were the perfect example of a naysayer okay somebody who does not want a different possibility 
And so Gary has this wonderful. Deal with themselves at all. (laughs) What's that? It's everybody else's fault. Your own, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that is exactly, you know. And I know a lot of us have a lot of people like that in our lives, or a lot of people we've dealt with like that. And so one of the things that Gary and I do when we see somebody like that, we always go, "What makes them tick?" And is it possible to change it? And so he asked this question, and he has this ability, he had this ability I didn't have at the time, to walk into somebody's world, to go to that point where that thing got created, that limitation got created, and then walk his way back out, and then come up with either a conversation or a tool that we can use to help them change. And so I see him doing this with these two women, and I'm like, don't do it, don't go in, you know? (laughs) It was too late. He literally was sitting there head slumped forward, his eyes open. He looked like he was comatose and his mouth was, you know, he was slack jawed. His mouth was dropped open. And so I started doing some of the access tools to get my friend back to some semblance of normal. And I was like, what just happened? He's like, well, you know, that thing I do, I walked into their world and he said, this is weird, but they're like a totally different species than the people that are the seekers. And I went, what? I'm like, what are they? And he went, humans. And I went, wait a minute, then what are we seekers? And he went, humanoids. And I went, okay, dude, you're freaking me out right now. Now, this was 18 years ago. And what we've realized, and the way that we describe it, you know, because it's fun, and some people, they go, oh, and some people go, what? Is that there are basically two different species on the planet. There are humans, and there are humanoids. The humanoids are the mm-hmm. ones who tend to be in a constant state of judgment of themselves. They always think they're wrong. But they're always the seekers, the, one who are, the ones who are looking for other possibilities. And then you have the humans. And the humans are the ones who know that they're right. And if you do any of that weird stuff, you're just crazy and you're just stupid and you don't know what you're doing. Now they don't all speak like that. But, um, and, <laughs> and so when I realized it, though, I was like, oh, it's basically like two different species of people. And if you try to present a possibility to a human, and we call them cow people and horse people also. You know, it's like cows and horses live in the same pasture. They eat at the same place, you know, but cows are content to basically stand around, eat food and chew their cud waiting to go to slaughter. And the horses are like, oh, my God, I want to run and I want to jump over that. And can we have sex? And can we run and jump? And can we play? And, you know, it's basically cow people and horse people. And when we realized that, it was so freeing because we would we could have a different conversation and we realized that these are just two totally different types of people. One is right and one is wrong. One is good, one is bad. Two totally different types of people. And what we did with that is we stopped trying to cater our message and spend our energy on the people who have absolutely no desire to change. And if people could give themselves one gift, I mean, you could ask if you wanted to, but but you can't do it from a place of judgment. Like if you have somebody like that in your life, like let's say your mom is always trying to get you to be normal and you're just a weirdo, and you're trying to present her with, you know, your latest self-help possibility. And she's like, I hate when you do this. Um, <laughs> then, you know, you could ask, but it can't be from judgment. You go like, is she actually human? And if you get a yes, because remember, what's true makes you lighter, a lie makes you heavier. If you get a yes, be grateful and go, wow, okay, cool. She's just different. I'm going to stop harassing her with what I think is valuable. Instead, I'm going to spend that energy on creating my life is different in the way I would like it to be. And I'm no longer going to allow myself to be made wrong because one of the other things is humans love to make other people wrong, especially the humanoids, especially the seekers in the world, 
because their point of view is there is no reality beyond this one. There is no possibility beyond this one. You live, you get a job, you have a family, and then you die, and that's it, and there is nothing else. Okay, cool. I'm more than happy for people like that to have that point of view, and now I don't have to change it. Dear God, is my life easier than it used to be. <laughs> oh. Where are we going to go with that one? That's juicy. <laughs> Plotting I can't wait for the emails I'm going to get after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's going to be a me. bunch of seekers oh. who are going to be like, thank you so much. And there's going to be a bunch of people who are like, you're the worst person on the planet. You're going like, to get a, you. a dual dose. Thank you. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's go there for a minute and talk about, okay, you know the people who go, oh, I need to pick your brain and would like some advice from you. There, it's dual sometimes. It's either pick your brain or can I get some advice? I, you know, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of emails like that. Hey, can you meet for coffee? I'd like to pick your brain. If I had a dollar for every one of those, which we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about how to deal with those. But anyway, you know, they the give advice. And so if, at first when you sometimes, if you don't know better or whatever, sometimes you're like, oh, sure, I'll sit with you and I'll give you all the advice you want to hear. And then you realize they're not going to take a bit of it. And they didn't take a bit of it. They're going to go do their own thing. Can you talk yeah. about that dynamic a little bit and help make it sense, help make it make sense? Because a lot of people get, I think it's a lot of people, a lot of reason why people go, Oh, self-help personal development. You're going to advise me till the cows come home. And I'm not sure I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, let, let's just acknowledge, can we, that so much, quote-unquote, self-help and personal development is absolute BS. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't create more. It's a bunch of flowery crap that people are inventing so they can sell stuff to people. So if we can acknowledge that there's a lot of that, not mo I sh probably shouldn't say most of it. That's probably a, an unfair characterization. But there's a lot of it People trying to help anyway. Yeah. I, I think everybody yeah. – I think there's a lot of people out there trying to help people be better or help themselves be better – and grab people in in the process, you know, like a yeah. community of like, let me, I'm going through this, let me bring you in with me. Yeah. And, you know, and, but if somebody, if somebody truly has the desire, like where they're truly doing it to contribute to people, that energy comes across and we can all sense it. And I think, you know, we've all lied to ourselves and, and with at least at certain points in our lives about people that would be a contribution when they weren't really doing it from that place but we wanted to believe that they would. So that, that's its own conversation. But if we, can, if we can recognize that's out there, then we can be a little more discerning in does it make me feel lighter to do this, number one, from the side of the consumer perspective, you know, somebody who might be doing something, um, uh, might be desiring to, to do something in the personal development realm. So realize that not all of it is going to work for any of us. And there's a lot of stuff out there that is its own thing. So now to the conversation you were having where somebody does that at this point, see, I've, I've had the fortune of working with hundreds of thousands of people at this point. And, mm -hmm. and people are not, and when I say that, the only reason I say that is because in working with that many people, you get the sense of who's truly willing to change and who isn't, who just wants to sit there and bleed on you. You're their next victim, you know, and the thing about victim that's interesting, as a side note, is victim, victimizer, and control always go together. The victim actually victimizes others and controls their 
use of the time and energy spent between them based on their victim story. So at this point, when somebody has a victim story, they have no desire to let go of. It's like, good luck finding me anywhere to bleed on. It's like, I'm not here to be bled on. I'm here if you actually desire a change. And when you desire a change, I'm here to contribute every friggin' thing I can because you're somebody who's willing to have it. And so I learned early on to really get the sense in so many of its variations of the victim person who just wants to bleed on you and recognize that that's not, it's not going to help me. It's not going to help them. Um, but also the person who's truly sincere and desiring something different. But also what I recognized was there needs to be some hurdle for them to overcome in order to, in order to have the time or the energy, like on, on the one hand, in order to get personal time or energy, because, as I started getting busier, I started realizing it was all getting sucked up and trying to help people and trying to deal with people one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, how can I do this? How can I contribute more? Which is why I have so much stuff online as a way of contributing yeah. to people, you know, and it's not about the money they pay. That's one of the, that's one of the things that indicates somebody's willing to have the change is when they're willing to pay you money for it. But I know there are a lot of people out there who just don't have the finances who need the tools so I created all these things, you know, and something as inexpensive as books or as really inexpensive as like free online videos and downloads and all this sort of stuff that they can get. So if they're really interested in starting the journey, they can go on the journey and they don't need me one-on-one -on -one to go on the journey. And so I realized it's, it's a matter of, of discerning who's truly willing to have the change, but also what contribution can I really be? And given that we have, we have almost, 10,000 facilitators of different levels of access classes at this point. Um, actually, I guess over 10,000 at this point. Awesome. Um, so they can find somebody else. You know, I'm in a bit of a unique position in that they can find somebody else who, especially at the beginning levels, will give them an even greater result than I can without having to pay my exorbitant fee for a private session. So it also creates that possibility where people can get what they require and it doesn't have to be in the one-on-one -on -one thing that, that takes so much time and energy to schedule and, and energy to deliver. Awesome. I need to be respectful of your time. I said 45 minutes. Um, oh, no worries. I'm because you've I'm got just, things. To all do. I have to do is uh, you. Oh, my dear. Okay. I'm, you know, can you keep, can you keep going just, just a few minutes more? Yeah, I've got about nine more minutes before I need to okay. do another well, interview. Well, <laughs> uh, okay. No problem. Yeah. I, I know that was, was happening. So I just have a really quick question um and hopefully it, it can have a, a less than eight minute response <laughs> so we can close the From show me? Who knows? Um, <laughs> i don't know i chime in uh it's about self-care because uh again that two-way answer you know when you're when you're helping people it it takes out of you but also um showing people the light about self-care wellness well-being health you know you know Wellness isn't just one thing. It's a combination of a lot of things that help somebody be truly well. Uh, do you want to tackle that a little bit before we go? Well, yeah, absolutely. I, th I think it's it's really up to us to do the self-care and realize if your batteries are completely, you know, if they're continuously depleted, you can't be there to shine a light for other people because you don't have any light to shine. I think our first one of our first priorities has to be, number one, being kind to us. Number two, not judging us and not believing that we're bad because we don't do enough. And believe me, I know that one. It's like, you know, we're in 176 countries right now, and 
like I said, I have thousands of facilitators all around the world and people creating amazing things. And for so long, I was still like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And then I started looking from a different place. I was like, okay, am I being enough to keep this thing going? And that's a crucial uh, paradigm shift from, am I doing enough to, am I being enough? Because when you start asking yourself, and it's, you know, you can't really quantify being enough, but am I being everything that I can be in this moment for myself and everybody else? And I think that oh, if, I we, like if that. we can just make that shift, then we start to have a totally different perspective. You know, it's one question that can change your whole life. That is such a nice thing to say and a way to approach it because that is one thing I think a lot of, you know, when sometimes when it's just you and you got a book out and you got this and this and this, and you're like, Oh wow, I don't feel like I'm doing enough or reaching enough people or you know, and I've and I've thought about the words for that. It's like, you know, if I just am and be and and do the best job I can do and all you know, all those things that kind of calm that message that thinking down, being enough. That's that's kind of along the lines of like feeling enough or I am enough and is that what you mean yeah. by that? Yeah. Okay. Because well, that's where I go with it a lot. It- well, when you put it in that sense of being rather than feeling, because feeling, yeah. it, it's a long story, but feelings end up taking us down a road of judgment, unfortunately. And yeah. rather than am I feeling enough, when you ask, am I being enough for me? And you always have to include you. Am I being enough for me and for the business and for everything I'm creating? And if not, then what else can I be that I'm not acknowledging? Because we don't often ask that question either. And, and the question always opens up a doorway to greater possibility showing up based on the question that you ask. Yeah, that's, that's really good. All right, well, so we're going to run out of time. I knew we were going to run out of time. Do you think you could come back sometime? I think it would be so I nice to have to. you back on the show or involved or anything. I, I love to, I'm a collaborative human being. So, um, you know, especially if I've been at home for a long time doing this show from this home office you know, in sweatpants with my hair pretty much on my head. <laughs> Thank you for that visual. That was that. awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful, I actually have my hair and makeup done today, so it's a plus. But sometimes I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think of every day as a YouTube video now. <laughs> Put that makeup on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, no, it would be so much fun to speak with you again. And um, I just thank you for being on here and taking your time to, um, you know, Teach us. I think that's a, you're a teacher, a, a, well, a great teacher. It's cool. Thank you. And I am, I would love to come back. And Elizabeth, thank you for being so just authentically wonderful. It just, it's oh. really refreshing. And I would love yeah, to I, come back anytime. I hope so. Cause I was so excited to meet you today. I saw one of your videos and it's, it's my favorite one. It's your, you know, and it's a book promo. I get it and stuff like that, but it's real. It's not you like here by my book because I'm, you know, Dr. Dane and I'm cool and da, 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 you know, it's <laughs> no, no, you know, it's like, here I am. And you know, that kind of thing. And I, I love that about you. And so I'm a fan and I hope my whole audience, you guys, if you have not seen Dr. Dane here, he even makes fun of his name sometimes. It's kind of cute. Um, (laughs) He's author of a number of books. um, And he's got, you know, I like too that he's got that chiropractor training in the background because, you know, it's valuable. I'm, I'm a human being who loves that kind of alternative um, healing and acupuncture and, you know, all those different methodologies of, of helping people feel better and well. Um, 
but he's got these great books, great videos. Go to returnofthegentleman.com or drdanehere.com. I'll put links up. There's, there's links up on the radio show, but I'm going to do a blog after the uh, radio show today or tomorrow and put up all of his information and pictures and good stuff like that. And then we didn't get a huge chance to talk about access consciousness, but it's accessconsciousness.com. I'll put up links for that too. And I just look forward to you coming back and we'll talk to Gary on Thursday. It's going to be a cool week here at Best Ever You. I hope you guys are excited. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Have a much, great Elizabeth. next interview. Thank you very, very much, too. And it was so nice to meet you. And good luck with your interviews that are coming up after this. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening to Best Ever You. Um, I wanted to let you know we have this um, new, you know, I do my own websites. I know you guys, they're, they're, it's me, and they're programming everything and doing everything. But I put this module on besteveryou.com. It's a members um page on there. You can actually click and join besteveryou.com. It doesn't cost anything or anything like that. I never do that to people. I don't want your email. I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to do anything. Just, just join. It's a community that kind of works like Facebook a little bit. You can friend the other members that are on there. But also, if you're interested in writing for besteveryou.com, I would love to have you there. I crave other viewpoints and, and people who've written books or blogs. And I especially love, um, we have a couple writers on there who are just starting out. They're in their 20s and um, they want to um, become authors or become writers and so forth. And so we, I just love it when um, we have people join the website and, and spread the cheer and love. So that's members on besteveryou.com. And I thank you all so much for being with me today. And a very special thank you to Dr. Dane here. Again, his book is Return of the Gentleman, and you can go to return, returnofthegentleman.com and all the links are posted. Thanks so much for listening to Best Ever You. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.